spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Uh, the host with the most and the man who has never done this part before. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, and that over there was Slim. Welcome to the show, paperkeg.com, and three BFFs, and occasionally their wives, talk about a book club book. They get together, they read it, and they talk about it. This week, James Stoko, Bork Stain. Give it up for them gangsters. Give it up for them gangsters. Double up for them gangsters. Mm -hmm. And in UrbanDictionary.com Urban Dictionary Grunge You know, and then we read your letters to close out the show Letters at PaperCag.com I don't think we've ever played that verse as loud there. It seemed to, you know, yeah, it seemed a little louder. <laughs> oh boy, so let's let's just talk about this show. And there's usually three living hosts of this podcast. One passed away, God rest his soul. We have a third who we refer to as, you know, show, he's a writer. He's like, quote-unquote, legit. He's not here this week. He just had a kid. <laughs> Second one. You know, and obviously, congratulations to him. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, congratulations, Jonesy. Baby Owen Henry Jones, uh, born November 1st. Congratulations to you and your family. You're excused. He oh, he contemplated coming on yeah, tonight. He did. He was like uh, he was like almost dead set. He's like, I'm gonna try. I think I can do it. Yeah, like he had the same determination as he would have if he was going to tell his wife he was going out to a Thursday night happy hour. <laughs> like he, that's how determined he was. Yeah, where he wanted to get you know a 2014 Dodge Charger SRT. Right, he's just gonna lay it down. And he thought that, that conversation was gonna go his way, but it right. didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. He just, he, he, you know, he's a positive thinker, mm -hmm. Jonesy. Yeah. He's positive in that he thinks he can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anything he wants. He, as long as he has the right tone, he uh, he's allowed to be, uh, find himself at the VFW at 4 a.m. Right. And uh, somebody driving him home <laughs> on, a, on a Friday morning. For, for the decades that I've known Jonesy, I don't know if it's been 20 years. I don't think it has. It's been 10, 15. Jonesy has always been someone that has thought that he could get away with anything just by the way he talks, the way he communicates to people. 
That's just always been his M.O. But we shouldn't talk ill of Jones. He's not here, obviously. Yeah. Guy's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dirt ball. Uh, so hopefully he's enjoying his time off. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's at a hospital. Who knows? Guy's been glued to that G-chat uh, like it's his job. But we have another host that's with us this week, Dan underscore A, VP of merch, executive producer of this show. Mm-hmm. You know, you do it top to bottom. You do the Patreon. You put that together, the shirt drive. That's done. The stickers. Uh, welcome back to the show. It is great to be back. You know, it's great to have you back. You know, I uh, I probably sound like I wasn't prepared to uh, do the Jonesy part during the intro music, but I was fu- I was part of the shtick that I was doing, <laughs> and I was just you know I'm just a little off, right? Obviously, coming off of a hot week, big week. Uh, you know, I'm I'm dealing you know not just with cat urine. <laughs> But my cats, they just sneeze all the time. They, my, I just finished cleaning up the uh, kitchen floor before I came down here because my cat is just sneezing all over the kitchen floor. Well, what do you have like, to, I like, how much, is know. there just, like, mucus coming out of the cat it's that you mucus, need to get yeah, down and clean the floor? It's just, like, stringing and, like, it, like, <laughs> slings out, like, of their noses and they're shaking it and it just, like, wraps around their head. <laughs> It. I can't. If I wasn't such a bleeding heart, I'd be checked out of this place. Like, I, these cats would be in, you know, uh, your local SPCA's Twitter feed, looking for new homes. It's like a if I Ninja it, Turtle if I mask no of cat mucus. <laughs> yeah, it's. Listen, I before just, before we get into the more cat mucus, just a reminder: Orc Stain is going to be our book club book club uh, discussion with just two hosts. We'll get into it very soon. It's been done before. It has. It was done last week. Spoilers. (laughs) You know, maybe we should just get into the elephant of the room. Last week, you know, I was on vacation. Took a break with my dear family in Disney, Orlando, Florida. Lovely Orlando this time of year. And we had, you know, we had our little private G-chat, you and I. You know, mm-hmm. why don't we do something it. big that week? Let's get Scotty back on. Yeah, Scotty. Scotty Young. Yeah, if we're gonna if you're gonna be gone, then we're gonna need some energy. Yeah. We're gonna need some electricity. Like electricity not unlike that of the people's champion, The Rock, circa nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, with his eye with his you know, just when he sh- shoots out the big eye in the eyebrow. Like, the, t- the crowd goes wild. I wish people could see you replicating the eyebrow. <laughs> it is right. horrifying. And no. when we thought, of you know, and you're like, yes, let's do it. That's huge. We'll make it happen. We're, you guys were going to do Southern Bastards. Great episode. Book Club last week, by the way. I listened to it. Oh, and, you. Uh, you know, the next morning, I think the day after you guys recorded, I got a, I got a text message. I don't even think I told Dale this. Got a text message from one Scotty Young. I said, Jesus, Man. Scotty. <laughs> Putting him on blast right now. He texts me. He's like, man, you missed a great episode, but, you know, my it, it, it's, it's, it belongs to the wind now. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, what are you talking about? You trolling me? I can't be trolled, Scotty Young. Right. I invented podcast trolling. <laughs> so he was telling me, you know, he's like, ah, something happened. You know, you'll never hear it. 
And I was like, get out of here. I don't believe you. This is some elaborate prank. And he, he ended up, you know, providing the trans chat transcripts to prove it. And I couldn't believe it. Oh man. He, <laughs> cause, cause I didn't believe him. I didn't think it was real. I thought he was, I thought you and him were colluding against me to trick right, me into right, thinking right. that the episode, uh, didn't happen for whatever reason right i would that would be the top of my priority list to collude I, you i think one, one of my replies to scotty was like dale wouldn't do that he wouldn't make that mistake exactly. i wouldn't make that my mistake dale wouldn't do that <laughs> scotty young what are you he's an hour behind us what he set his alarm to, to get to get to you before i could i think this and it was i think it was like right right after a run maybe it was got to be 7 a.m exactly and uh, I, fi- I figured you uh you listened to the show on your run because i knew you would I be did. running i did in orlando at walt disney world p- p- after a day of doing seven miles in a, in a theme park like, like 12 miles it i un- unreal <laughs> that i did not know he hit he hit you up That's, i know that was that, that was a that was a i just broke news to you because i thought it was funny did. that i knew the whole time <laughs> Uh, during just, I was thinking of you sweating it out for the period of mm. a day or two when the, the show was in the can and you were just miserable. But, you know, things happen. People make mistakes. I tell you, I didn't want to go back and edit the show. I know you I... didn't. I know it. I, I'm honestly shocked that you recorded uh, another episode after the hit podcast that no one will ever hear with Scotty Young. I thought you would have been like, destitute like let's just do it another night it has to go out to patreon subscribers at you know friday morning let's record mm-hmm. friday morning like an hour before it has to go out or something <laughs> right now because i would not yeah. have felt like recording another episode on the same book club right afterward it would yeah but i in deep down aside from jonesy trying to talk me out and try to get me to do the same thing because he had assassin's creed waiting for him <laughs> uh it was Wednesday night. I knew I couldn't go back Thursday night and do it. Like, I couldn't. It would have been worse for me mm. to try to go back Thursday and try to have some sort of momentum. Maybe I would have had better a better experience and, like, more momentum if I gave it a day. But I was like, we got to do something now because... Mm-hmm. Strike while the iron is lukewarm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why I have at least, at least, at, at least Wednesday, six hours into our night. God. I still had like the same thoughts on the book and I could steal some of Scotty's lines if I had to, sure. you know, but it was, I was downtrodden. I mean, and, and Slim, I'll tell you the, the book club was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing book club. The episode was really good. I listened on one of the, my, I think Friday or Thursday morning you posted it. So I did run and I was like LOLing while I was running, which I don't think I've ever done before. So it was like a weird <laughs> thing to laugh out loud while running you know the streets of all-star music yeah avoiding buses avoiding t- <laughs> yeah. buses full of people trying to get to the uh the uh, ohana uh, <laughs> for breakfast uh but just a reminder orc stain is our book club yeah. you know maybe sure. this is your first time you can skip around feel free to just fast forward over all this inside baseball talk that's this fine i won't blame this, you yeah this is a terrible episode to this be. is a fantastic episode this is what the people want so uh, your trip to Disney World? I mean, did you have fun? Did you, was it a nice week off? It was. It uh, it wasn't. It was like a different kind of vacation. Obviously, we walked you know twenty five thousand steps every day. Mm-hmm. For those of you mm-hmm. that keep track of that sort of thing at home, and uh, it was mainly like 
James and Anonymity, it was like their week. It was really my wife's week because it was funny. I think when James was born, she's like, I can't wait until he's old enough to go with us to Disney because that's like <laughs> her thing. Mm-hmm. So he loved it. Loved going on. He went on Tower Terror like four times. That's amazing. He liked it? Yeah, he loved it. That's he was cool. like trepidatious at first. And then he he like came running out doing his little kicks and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at his picture of himself. But uh, Magic Band stuff's cool. We mm-hmm. were there for wine and food festival in Magic Kingdom. So like um, Epcot and Ep- seems Epcot, like yeah. really old when you get there at first. It feels like outdated. Mm-hmm. And then they have like the countries and it seems like way updated when you walk through those things. Yeah, the the front of the park, yeah, is the building. Could use like old. a hundred million dollar makeover, yeah. I think. You know, there's are those stone monuments still in front of Spaceship Earth. My, yeah, my face yeah. is on one of those monuments. Yeah. Really? Should have told me I would try to find it. I mean, all those things are so worn down. It's just like the outline of someone's head, and it's just like blank in between. Yeah, it's yeah because they that's the that was the original, like how it's how it was supposed to look. They were kind of like silver. Yeah. I guess they'd want to make it last forever. Yeah, so... <laughs> but, like, from far away, it just looks like empty, like, circle heads. There's, uh... So... <laughs> so, it was the year 2000, and, uh... So, on one of the Estonia monuments uh, is a picture of my ex-girlfriend and I lasting forever. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm upset that I didn't track it down and take a picture I was, Yeah, I was gonna... I remember, um... Tag you on Facebook. I remember seeing, like, an Instagram picture of you... It was nighttime at Epcot, and then I was like, "If I if I somehow find out that you're going back to Epcot in it during the day at some point, I was going to tell you that my face is on those stone monuments somewhere." Oh yeah, we yeah, we went back like three times to Magic Kingdom and Epcot, and the one thing we we went to see in Hollywood Studios, we went there a couple times too, but um. It's interesting how they like lead you into the park at open because we the first day we went to Hollywood Studios and we're like yeah let's go see if we can get there early and see the Buzz Lightyear thing and the park is so large so you're like how do they let people in do they just like let people just like run running the running of the bulls when they <laughs> yeah. like open the yeah, gates it? but it's not they have like a rope system across every entrance into the park so you could be in a group of like 500 people but you only go so far as the cast members with the rope in front of that group. And they slowly allow you to then spread into the park. Really? Like a, like a slow moving mudslide almost. So like you could be in the front of that line, but you can't just run to your destination. You have to wait until the whole group walks the length of the park. And then they like, let you do whatever you want. That's crazy. I never knew how that worked. It's, it's really smart because we did it again the last day because he wanted to see Anna and Elsa and I made it like the wait all week was like 70 minutes to meet her. So I was like, okay, I have the stroller. I got to navigate around all these people and like you could, but then once you got to the front, you had to walk because they weren't, you haven't walked the length of the entire park yet to get (laughs) there. And it was, it worked because no one got trampled, which I guess is the main (laughs) reason they do that. Yeah. As inconvenient as it may be for people. Yeah, so we got there and it was like a five minute wait. Nice, and you got Anna and Elsa at their, you know, their tip top. At their peak. Yeah. Peak Anna and Elsa, you know, early morning for them. The one that we saw the uh, Indiana Jones thing again, 
Um, but man, that is way outdated. They have to, they have to do some about that because even like it's Indiana Jones and it's like cool, but like just taking the whole show in, it's a film crew. Like um, it's like fourth wall. Yeah. Like you get there and Indiana does a stunt and then like the, the director walks on set. He's like, hi everybody. I'm directing Indiana Jones. You gotta, yeah. gotta, let's meet the stunt man. And like in my head, I'm like, what are they recording for? Like there hasn't been an in like ignoring the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Like what is this? What are they going to use this film for? <laughs> oh, like the story of the yeah, show like, in the show. Yeah. Why is this show like? Why am I here? Why are they talking to me? Like what are you going to use this footage for, director? They're, you're like, it felt like they were the dead second unit, the cursed second unit of <laughs> Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, like forever doomed to relive these scenes, right? Until somebody releases them, like from the yeah, earth. and it felt even weirder because I guess they haven't changed the script. So they, they talked to the stunt man of Indiana Jones. He's like, hi everybody. I'm so-and-so I'm Harrison Ford's stunt double. You know, when I'm doing scenes for Harrison Ford, I'm like in my head, Harrison Ford's like 73 years old. What, let's change that line up a bit or something yeah. like replace it with something else. He's got a huge diamond earring. <laughs> it was so crazy. The, uh, the other thing that was really old, that I feel like they need to change is the, um, there's a energy show. Ellen's oh, yeah. energy show. I love that show, but Ellen and her hair is like yeah. super young. They filmed that when she had her like sitcom, yeah. her situation comedy and it's in her apartment. Like that's where the, it starts. And Bill Nye, the science guy is like oh, her, man. our neighbors partner. Yeah, it's so weird. And I asked um, at a mini, I was like, man, they need to update this. Who do you think would be the updated cast members? And I was like, they probably get Neil deGrasse Tyson to oh, replace yeah. Bill Nye. And I was like, who would they get to replace Ellen? And she suggested uh, Neil Patrick Harris. And I was like, man, that's perfect. That's probably who wow, they would replace those two with. Wow. Yeah, that's and so good. I remember that's like a nice relaxing show. Yeah, you just sit there and you, it moves you around. Yeah, it just moves you around. I remember that was there when I went on my senior trip at 98. Wow. Just a reminder, Orc Stain, just around the corner. <laughs> if you haven't fast-forwarded yet and aren't, aren't enjoying the Disney talk, it's coming very soon. Yeah. the um, We saw Captain EO. That was one of my main things I mm-hmm. wanted to see, which I didn't realize was there, A, and then B, that it was gone for a long time. They brought it back after he died as a tribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. Because that, that was like early 90s, I think that was there. Or something. Because I remember I had a Captain EO watch from like McDonald's or something. Oh, my God. Back in the day. Way back. You were probably in high school when Captain EO came out. Yeah, it was, right? I mean, I was probably like, you know, smoking in between classes and, uh, you know, going off campus in my yeah, car. On your for motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like Grease the hell Satan's. The I, th- I think that's the first time I've actually seen Captain EO in its entirety. But man, they they prep you before the Captain EO. Obviously, for those that don't know, is a Michael Jackson space opera taking place probably around the Star Wars era, really. And man, the people involved, George Lucas, they they play like this making of bit while you wait outside. George Lucas is there. Um, who directed uh, Francis Ford Coppola directed it my heavens and it's just crazy like I'd love to watch like an eight hour documentary on the, the making of Captain EO with Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> them just like handling Michael Jackson. You imagine his. Yeah. And his... I'd love to see like, he wasn't in the making of bits at all. So like in my head, I was like, man, I wonder if he was like, he just never showed up for right. filming until like he was on, like they yeah. hit roll camera and he <laughs> knew the steps. He could just do it with like the dancers and then he just left. But... Right. Nobody's allowed to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. But what a wacky time capsule in Disney in some areas. I'm glad that, um, so James had a great time. Yeah, he loved it. He loved Star Tours. We wrote that a few times. Star Wars merch is everywhere. I don't even know what they sold before Force Awakens merchandise was out. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, it's just half, half of the floor space in a lot of stores. It's amazing. Easily half. And I think that they're going to replace most of Hollywood studios for the Star Wars stuff. Maybe that's the rumor I heard. Yeah. Like I heard, the Star Wars parks. Yeah. They're adding like four or five acres or something crazy oh, wow. like that of Star Wars theme hmm. parks, like Star Wars land or something they're calling it, which is going to be, which is good. Cause I think that park is just like hurting Hollywood studios. Yeah. yeah. Like the old movie ride. Like they could probably easily ditch that. Yeah. It's, like. it's, it's so classic and, but it's like, one of, that's one of your only things, kind of. Yeah, it's like. not a big draw. The um, I also thought it was weird, and I guess maybe it's common knowledge too, but how they don't really sell any Marvel stuff in the park, and because I think Universal has like the theme park rights until X year for Marvel. Yeah, that that is. There must be some sort of. Was there any Guardians of the Galaxy stuff in Hollywood Studios at all? Um, not that I can think of. Because there's one, there was one store in downtown Disney called Superhero Headquarters, but it was awful. Like, it was a bad <laughs> well, is store. Well, is that considered the park since you don't need a, you don't need a park no. pass to get in there, though, I think. No, you don't need a park pass to get in there. So, in the, yeah, you're right. In the parks, I, I think I remember seeing some things, maybe. Did I? I saw maybe one not. cart in Hollywood Studios that sold Marvel stuff. And I was wondering how it was possible because they don't they didn't sell it anywhere else. It was kind of like crap. They didn't have like that playmation, play motion Iron Man armor. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to get for James actually. Yes, and especially while you're there, you know. Sure. In the heart of the beast, that's where I bought my uh, Lego Millennium Falcon back in the day. Oh my god! I bought it there because it was just like that's the place you got to be. Yeah, Lego store there. We ended up. I think we maybe the last thing I'll say on Disney, we ended up trying to figure out some kind of like napping, napping mechanism on like day two or three because he was like moody as all get out towards the latter (laughs) stages of the first two days. And then we spent one day in animal kingdom, but it was like torrential downpour and we had to like buy ponchos and then James didn't want to wear his poncho. So he just wore his cloth hoodie in the pouring rain. Oh gosh. (laughs) and then like we ended up having to throw away all our shoes because they smelled so bad because of just the sitting in the rain and walking for however many miles in the rain right it was it was bad news the bottoms of your feet all spongy and like (laughs) oh god but the one other thing uh before we get into our book club orc stain james stoko bottom of the hour we, uh, I was, you know, Dale and I on our, obviously in our private G chat, we were talking about, well, you know, how do we spice up this show? It's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we bring back 
Dale's news segment, one episode only. I think it it if for those that have been listening for the long haul, it hit it it hit a denouement around episode ninety five. Oh, Drink everybody, <laughs> keg bingo. Uh, and if you're unclear of what happened that episode, uh, Dale was going through the news. Carmen Infantino had passed away very recently, and Dale, you know, did his best to try to send him off in the news segment. And I, I actually have that segment right here if we want to listen to it. One of my favorite moments in the show history. So we want to uh, say uh, farewell and um, we hope you're in a better place if you suffered. If you suffered, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Very uh, VP of awkward uh, condolences. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm getting better. When I die, please don't speak at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even coming. Jonesy's doing the synopsis of your funeral. Oh, Lord. That would be even worse if, if you I, imagine If that. I die before Jonesy, so help me God, I will haunt everyone, every <laughs> one of you. That was, what a travesty. Oh, what a moment. And I actually listened to episode 96. That's the episode where we talked about it again, and we both were laughing for like five straight minutes. Oh, man. I yeah, so don't turn off the podcast. Yes, I'm doing a new segment. Yes, I tried to deliver a eulogy live to tape but that was probably you know honestly that was probably the only news nugget of that week it was probably the only newsworthy thing and you know i go for the newsworthy news like yeah i'm not just big stuff i wasn't just saying random things i snipped out the first three minutes of that which was mark god rest his soul Mm -hmm. talking about the highlights of carmen's career so we did we did do some good there yeah we properly sent him off for the viking funeral yeah. Rest in peace, Mark. Uh, the oh man, how do I do this? I forget how to do this, Slim. Oh, uh, during the Walking Dead, the the most recent episode of the Walking Dead, which would be uh, not the most recent when some of you guys are hearing this. That's not on a Patreon backer schedule. I'm a season behind Walking Dead. They uh, they played a teaser trailer of their new upcoming series, Preacher. Garth Ennis et al. And uh, because of the the trail, the teaser trailer alone, Amazon.com's uh, graphic novel preacher shoots up into the top ten. Wow! Because of the teaser trailer, so that's pretty heartwarming. Wow! You know, to see the the interest drummed up in you know people are seeing this trailer and they're like, I want in on this, whatever this is. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying. You want it. I remember, I actually watched the trailer and I couldn't remember anything about the first several trades of Preacher. Did we do it for Paper Keg? Or was it another show that we did it for? Yeah, we did the first trade of Preacher for, I remember Mary Mary Sale was on it, I believe. Hmm. Maybe the comics podcast. Yeah, I couldn't remember anything about it. I remember that guy with the face. I remember the Irish vampire. Oh my God. You remember you remember more than I remember. I think I was on the episode. I wonder if we haven't done for paper cake why we haven't. Maybe it's one of those maybe it's one of those things, you know, those like easy go to books that we haven't done, and then here we are two hundred and twenty six episodes in. Just uh according to Twitter, uh there's a tweet regarding preacher being postponed until 
comics number nine. So we did it on the old comics podcast. You're right. My gosh. That tweet was from 2010. Time flies. It really, truly does. Um, next up is uh, going to be uh, kind of fun for you and I, just returning from the happiest place on earth. Marvel teased their next Disney Kingdoms comic uh, line. The Haunted Mansion is going to be getting a comic oh, wow. book in 2016. That's pretty cool. Um, I love, personally, The Haunted Mansion. I bought a sticker. I have not put it on my car yet uh, because I might not put it on this car. Let's face it. Uh, my other car is a doom buggy, the sticker says. Oh, boy. Your tweet about how uh, <laughs> your South Park gif. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, my God. You just, and that... You- you and that uh, disgusting vehicle that you have from Volkswagen. I was just sitting there. I think I was like, you know, I had the, I had maybe Monday Night Football on or something, and there's these VW commercials. I'm like, these people trying to salvage their SE reputation. Yeah. Get out of here. You might as well be wearing a Nazi logo on your vehicle right now, Dale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you man. might as well be. The scum that right. work at Volkswagen. They're scum. Yep. Thanks to uh, people like me, suckers like me. Yeah, supporting their cause. Every time you fill that car up, yeah. every time you get into it, turn the ignition, you're saying, yes, I agree with what Volkswagen did to the Don't. environment. That's not, that's not very nice at all. I have no choice that nobody's going to buy it from me. What's the blue book value on Volkswagen vehicles now since that came out, I wonder? I, I, yeah, I'm afraid to look. I'm afraid to look. I'm already upside down on my loan, so what does it matter? Huh? Sure, every time I go down the road, I see horses falling over, uh, people choking, you know, breathing in my silent <laughs> scent birds, birds dropping behind your vehicle as you pass by. Oh, boy. <laughs> You know, the Walking Dead, you know, world was probably created by a Volkswagen that drove through that town of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, just one. All it takes is one diesel engine of their Volkswagen ilk. Yeah, and that set the whole town off. Spoilers, Dale has a uh, Volkswagen diesel. (laughs) And um, the Uncanny X-Men number 600 getting spoiled in the... uh, the gay magazine, The Advocate. Really? Yep. Revealing, and the the groundwork was being laid in all new X-Men with uh, young Gene and young Bobby Drake going through some uh, some things. Gene's reading his mind. She acu- she doesn't accuse him. She's just trying to sympathize with him. She's like, you're gay, Bobby. And he's like coming to grips with it. That's, uh, that's the struggle previous to Uncanny X-Men 600. But in Uncanny 600... There's like a three-page spread of him, young him, talking to older him about the issues and finally admitting his feelings about how he's a gay man. Yeah, did I I actually just read that, issue 600. And I, I, for whatever reason, I I didn't think of that storyline. So like, 1960s Iceman is gay. So what does that mean about present-day Iceman? Oh, I see what you're saying. Because that's okay. actually right. Uh, I, you have to read to find out. Huh? 
Yes, you do. We'll Uncanny X Men Six Hundred. I can't wait to read it. Breaking news. Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, you know. Friday mic drop or whatever he calls it on the Tumblr. That's right. When he uh, re reblogs, retumbles something. <laughs> One final thing, Orkstein. We're going to get into Orkstein right now. Our Patreon is dangling before the flap milestone. <laughs> flap milestone, you got a little taste of it. First 34 minutes of the show. It's just Dale and I. It's mainly me interviewing Dale about fatherhood mm-hmm. and miscellaneous, um, you know, cat mucus. Boy. We got, you got a little teaser of that in the first half of this episode. I mean, we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Patreon, maybe folks haven't heard of it. Patreon is just a way for folks to support the show if they want to do. The show's not going to stop. We're not going to do anything different. It's The Patreon goes to zero dollars. Um, but folks have asked how to support the show, so we made a Patreon. My own, thine own wife has a milestone to start her own podcast. If you want to get an update on where that stands, you should tweet at her because I'm afraid to ask her, honestly. <laughs> you know? Live in f- I live in constant state of fear. That somebody's going to bust this nut wide open and uh, pull back the curtain. Spoilers, <laughs> uh, we are waiting for Jonesy to get back. We were scheduled to record our monthly roundtable episode tonight for the single issues. We are waiting for Jonesy to come back. Well, it might even be recorded by the time this episode comes out. That's true. So, you know. Yeah. I don't, don't even know even... when this episode's going to post. Who so, knows how the Patreon stuff works anymore. So ignore that. Who even knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Orc Stain issues one through seven. James Stokoe did everything: writer, artist, color. I don't even know if he, I don't, he did. He do letters. We'll have to get the intern on that. Um, from Image Comics, Dale underscore A in Jonesy's stead. Can you give us a hmm. synopsis on what Orc Stain is? This is for you, baby Owen. Orc Stain is James Stokoe's world that he created where your preconceived, maybe your preconceived notions of an orc, certainly mine, are kind of tested and and betrayed to favor his conceptualization of orcdom. This is a world where Orcs are the have the run of the place. They're basically humans in this instance. They're the most populous in the world, and they and they um, band together in different tribes. Uh, some of them live in the jungles. Some of them live along and in the rivers. Some of them in the mountains. There's the mountain orcs, the jungle orcs, and throughout all this time, orcs you know orcs are very primal and savage in nature, so they struggle to you know, find common ground and, you know, and fall under one banner. So throughout the millennia, millennia upon millennia, there's always been a constant power struggle among orc tribes. Well, currently where the orcs are experiencing probably their longest tenured uh, orc leader, the orc czar, he's called, he calls himself at least, and he is in power, and he is slowly kind of bringing more tribes under his belt in this huge machine, this orc machine that he's kind of uh, spreading his legs out and is in his uh, power and influence. And he has 
dreams from his dark seers that in order to obtain even more power, he needs the one-eyed orc with the key. He is the key to open, and then he's what that will do is open this sort of sick, living safe that's like part safe, part living being, and uh, the one-eye orc can get into it and reveal to him what he needs to become all-powerful. So the book focuses on this, in fact, this key, this orc named One-Eye, and he he is unknowingly being pursued by the orc czar and his dark seers, and he is embroiled currently in conflict with a pointy ear, pointy face, and, you know, pointy, it's all a bunch of turncoats, like, they're all turning on each other, it's like superior foes of Spider-Man, I got the vibe, but, um, he, he and pointy face are, like, looting this safe, and, uh, you know, they both get caught, because one orc owes this, uh, landlord money, basically, and they turn on each other, and it turns into this thing where he's trying to escape Pointy Face while being pursued by these Dark Seers and the Orc Sars army to be f- to um, be the key that the Orc Tsar needs. So they start rounding up all the one-eyed orcs in the land and putting them through this ultimate test where the Orc Tsar has this huge mountain of a creature. He looks it's basically a turtle, but it's like a James Stoko turtle. So it could be kind of a turtle with horrific looking features. And they're basically to test the one eyed orcs. They're launching them into the belly belly of this beast, and it's their job. If they are truly the one that the Orc Tsar seeks, the one one eyed orc will get out escape the belly of the beast because no one other orc could even ever do that and then the orcs are will know that one eye is the the one and one eye is in fact the one as they find out and he along the way he meets this they call her a poison thrower she's a sex nymph <laughs> and her name is uh what's her name Rumba? Uh, I can't remember, actually. And uh, that, is, that all happens in this world of orcs who use orc weenus as currency. <laughs> orc tallywhackers. <laughs> Wing wangs. And that is orc stain. And the, uh, the, first, the first volume, quote unquote, is five issues. And then there are two more after that. After that, there's no more issues of Workstain. This came out in 2012. Started in 2010. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And, and uh, epi- issues eight and nine were solicited back in the day, but they were never released. Hmm. He's doing. Um, he started doing Godzilla, Friday W for the Godzilla Half Century War, which is I think the first. James Stokoe stuff I read. Maybe Sullivan Sluggers was, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. This one, or the Godzilla Half-Century War is like, blew my mind mm-hmm. from the amount of detail that are in these pages. It looks like each page took, you know, a week from the amount of detail. Maybe it does. I have no idea. But 
Orkstein, I guess, is maybe like the first book where people started to see mainstream James Stokoe stuff. So I think this came out like infrequently, bi-monthly. So you could see the kind of detail he puts into every page. And I think I've read interviews where he said that he doesn't thumbnail pages. He kind of just starts in a corner and draws. Wow. Which is just makes my pants tight. It just seems impossible. That's an incredible process to be able to like have a finished product that's cohesive. I don't I It's just it's bonkers. Wow. So I, I actually didn't know any... I didn't know what this book was about. I knew the title was Orkstein. Everyone's been talking about it forever. And I knew it was like crazy detailed and like maybe violent or something. And that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like big into Lord of the Rings stuff or anything, but I actually kind of got lost in the world a lot in the seven issues where I wasn't really in my head. Like this is a story about orcs that I'm reading. It was just like a story about <laughs> these weird characters that are in this weird world and everything is hyper stylized and detailed and gorgeous. And I want to lick the tablet (laughs) while I read it. Yeah. You're, you're on point with the, um, not being, I'm into Lord of the Rings. I'm into orcs. I mean, orcs are the coolest thing. I love the, you know, my favorite orc. Matter of fact is the world of Warcraft orc, the blizzard orc. And these are not, if, if anybody needs a point of reference, the, the orcs in this book are probably more like the Blizzard rendition of trolls and their tribal nature and stuff. But anyway, the admittedly, it took three or four issues for me to kind of warm up to it. But by the time I did warm up to it and finish the book, I loved where the story was going and disappointed that there wasn't more, there isn't more to read. Yeah. And it's a... It's a different format. Like the like you had laid out how it's kind of this kid that's on the run from multiple people. And it's each issue is kind of, you know, the hijinks that he gets into in that issue while on the run. And they talk about how like the Gronch is like the it's almost like like how people would like attach, you know, scalps to their belts as like you know, how successful they were in battle or something. And Orc Gronch is essentially their weenus, as Dale eloquently put it. Right. And the the first or second issue, one eye gets caught and they, and like, I didn't put two and two together that that's what Gronch was. And like when they put him, like they, they end up getting caught and spiky face turn, like betrays him. So one eye is going to get, you know, sent up to the executioner and, and take his grunch. And like, I didn't realize until they like put him on this like tree stump and then kind of like the position he was in. And then like, it's just such a oh, weird, yeah, yeah. it's a weird <laughs> thing to like talk about, but in this kind of zany world and how everything is like over the top, it felt normal, which is a crazy thing to say. And I mean, there's several panels where obviously like into the story he gets his revenge on uh the dude betraying him by slicing off his grunch uh and there's other panels in the book where like there's multiple grunch-esque things drawn in the background they look like mega-sized grunch right i'm not sure if you caught that too but 
there's you know there's a it's just the 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 orc body is just laid bare in this series and it just felt oddly normal yeah it's uh, it's it's kind of a shock to the senses probably in the first issue maybe even the first two issues like how he puts it all out there in his uh, moreover in his style in his art style and color choices like it's very flamboyantly kind of gross vulgar vulgar and gross but it's not super super gross it's like i started equating this the the whole like kind of art style or the look as like the james stokoe version of like hr giger in a way because it's like it's like these orcs are the you know they're the humans in this world but like there's a lot of like machine and animal like mashups and a lot of what they use on their day-to-day their handy tools are like these weird animals like birds that shoot arrows and like their grenades are like eyeballs or like little toads or there's one like grenade that this the poison thrower lady uses that she like pulls the grenade it's like it looks like a little chubby hamster with this big huge ball sack (laughs) and like the nymph like pulls on the balls to like make the this little creature squawk out so loud that it like wakes all the orcs up but it's like this weird machine animal hybrid like there's a lot of that going on and with James Stokoe's color choices it's like it's really wild until it like settles your brain like has finally of my brain eventually like settled on it and is like okay this is the world like it took maybe three issues for me to accept it but this is the world and I'm into it now it's not mm. it eventually stopped being kind of like disturbing but not awfully disturbing yeah and the like the kind of grand finale they he gets captured and is delivered into like this arena but it's really like the belly of a giant uh, almost crab spider monster with like a big mouth Mm -hmm. and there's so many double page spreads that are like just nutty in detail of yeah it could be the whole city in the background and it's still so detailed or you could be inside the monster and you know the the scales of the insides are so detailed it's i mean i would love to just like watch james stokoe draw for a few days and just see what that process is like because there's no artist out there that puts this kind of detail into a comic book period yeah, it's his, I mean, his splash pages look like an old, like, Whale, Where's Waldo splash page. Like, mm. there's just everything on these pages. And I think you even brought up, it might have even been in the Superior Foes episode, but, like, his panel, the panel work seems like each one of his panels could be an 11 by 17 page and then shrunk down because yeah. there's just so much detail in one quarter of a comic page that it it almost seems like there's no way he could do that at the size even like a quarter of an 11 by 17 page is just so much i don't know how he does it especially when you're saying like if he doesn't storyboard it that's crazy to Mm -hmm. me that's 
that's just like blowing my mind as I flip through these pages and the and then the colors like pew. <laughs> the I was reading an interview that he had done previously I think for when this first came out and one of the interviewers had asked him uh, the status on Godzilla and I think that was like one of his dream projects so and at the time when this came out he said there was no pro- uh, like progress update that no one had the license. So I wonder if this book had come out and then IDW approached him to do like Godzilla stuff and maybe this got pushed to the back burner so he could do mm. like his dream project to IDW. Yeah, I don't that's a great question. I would love to know. I mean it was solicited too, like eight and nine mm. was solicited, but I guess so there's I, I my guess is there's probably unfinished pages out there or something. Mm. Um well, yeah, because there's a big reveal at the end of six, I think, that shows the the backstory of One Eye and the people that are after him. And then issue seven, I think, does some flashback stuff mm-hmm. that shows him yeah. in like the war. And there's actually some really cool panels where it juxtaposes him in battle versus his previous self, his younger self in battle. And like some of the poses are the same. It's really cool looking. Yeah, my my that was my favorite part was the reveal that it's so funny because of the first four or five episode uh, issues, pointy face is like screaming the demand of Poxagranka, which means an eye for an eye in the orc language. So one eye takes pointy face's orc weenus. So basically, pointy face is demanding. Paxagranka, he's demanding that he win he duel one eye so he can cut his one eye's weenus off. So and that's like it, it's almost becomes like comic relief because pointy pointy face at a certain point is like overcome by hunger and is in that belly of that beast and he just like starts he just keeps screaming that you know above all else and then the reveal like at the end of issue six or issue seven is the the huge the bearded orc is the one that took one eye's eye and one eye starts screaming poxagranka and he's like bloodthirsty with it it's it was really cool because then you get some backstory of like you don't know through the whole book he's pretty chill and he's just like one eye he's good at his job but then you find out that the beard and he know each other and he and he's the reason why he doesn't have an eye anymore yeah and the 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 poison woman kind of like screws him over in the middle of the book she saves him but then like turns him into the beard character and then when she sees kind of what he can do mm-hmm. at the end of like this big battle she's like eh, maybe he's worth hanging around with for longer but it it, it I was wondering because I was wondering if they were going to like make it some kind of romantic thing right away between these two characters and they oh. didn't. And then the second go around, I was wondering if they were going to do the same thing and it was never like explicitly done that they were just going to like be a, like together. They were going to screw or whatever, but she like was still just intrigued by his power. She's like, I want to learn more about your mm-hmm. power, which I'm guessing is like another way for her to like steal it and screw him over again at some point or <laughs> use him. So I liked that they didn't go just the the easy route of them becoming an item. And they're still kind of like, she's still kind of a jerk and you don't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, I think I actually think that contributed a lot towards like the the world building like nothing in this world is good or happy like it's everybody's just looking to screw each other and when i saw that part that like solidified it especially the first time she tried she's tried to screw him like by the end because you think she's all cool but then she's just throwing him to the wolves i was like man she's she's just as bad as the orcs and stuff but she's but like if you think about it she's got to watch her back out there living in the woods you know the orcs could come up on her at any time so she's just doing she can't trust an orc, even if it's the special forces one eye. How about the um, hairy parka that she wears? That's also like a monster entity that protects her and can like do battle with a million orcs at the same time. Yeah, that's that's like a something that like connects with her, like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like she, the Zazu is the name of the parka that like connects onto her back tubes and. They become like one sentient being. It's really odd, but yeah. it's just part of the world. That's not odd in this world. Yeah, I wonder if there's ever going to be more issues coming out or not. He just did the first issue of Godzilla in Hell. He wrote and drew that first issue, but he didn't do the other ones. So I'm wondering what he's working on now. He's got to be up to something, that guy. Got he's, not, he's not up on Twitter. He's not a heavy Twitter guy. And yep, now I eventually now I finally know what his Twitter name means, which is kind of. <laughs> his Twitter name is He Got Grunch. Mm-hmm. So now we all know that it means He Got Orc Weenus. Yeah, I mean it's it, it might be catchier than He Got Cat Mucus. Sure. Yeah. He He Got a Dirty Kitchen Floor is what he got. <laughs> I mean, just the thought of you. I mean, the the worst is at two thirty a.m. when your cat wakes you up because a cat's sneezing, and then you try to take the cat to the vet, and they're like, "Oh, he's got a little something," and they prescribe him antibiotics. It's it never ends. It's not a little something. It's a it's an ailment that's that's with him. How old is that cat? Six six years old. How six, old do cats old. live? Eh, maybe like thirty years. <laughs> Maybe like eleven to fifteen years. Probably you could could get eighteen years out of a cat. Probably this one. This one is gonna be like getting pulled around at a radio flyer by you because it's just <laughs> yeah. gonna be so ill. And, and I love it so much, that damn cat. <laughs> it's gonna have a little blanket covered in cat mucus that you'll just be like scooping off with like a, a service spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be constantly at the cat's nostrils <laughs> with a, like one of those baby syringes trying to suck out it's got like labored breathing like the the <laughs> fat vampire in blade <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man cue if I could cue pearl right now I would <laughs> pearl the fat vampire Siri play audio from pearl the fat vampire blade <laughs> there you have it Oh. Any other final thoughts on Orc Stain? Um, it's worth a read. Check it out. It's um, you know, you might as well read all seven issues. So, you know, I I had uh, I was going through the archives finding that audio file. I found this old one that we used for Mark's last episode before he died. Oh, I'm gonna man. play that right now to close this out for the book club. Yawning right now, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Farrington. Mark 
internet star of Yes Hello. Former DC historian, current bat historian. Sorry, it's been a long day. Long just gave day. Him, he, look, just, he just gave himself a new title. He just gave himself that title. I've always been the bat expert. Go back to the archives. Uh, no, no, you're the bat family genealogist. Get a writer go. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that nickname. Can I have the geese? Get out the geese? Is that slang? Can I have the keys? Oh. Tell me to go home. <laughs> get out the geese. <laughs> I want to make that. I think that's so bad. I think that means nine millimeter in the ghetto. Oh, get out the Mark, back. come off it. That's inappropriate. My uh, Mark, what are you reading right now? Get out the geese for us. What am I reading right now? I got to tell you, uh, real quick for you, for you read your book. We were on the driving down here. Read your book. And uh, Dale texted Mark that something was slamming. And Mark thinks I'm such an idiot white boy that he's like, slamming means good or positive. I'm like, I know that slamming was used in a positive way. You looked very. Addled. It's because I can't I was trying hear. To help. Good can't or positive. Yeah. Get out the geese. My gosh. Classic archive moment. True. Our tr- only our true fans would even know who Mark Farrington is at this point. Yeah. Let alone remember his voice. All right, there you have it. Get out the grunge. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You want to write us a letter, we might read it on the air. Cut off there. <laughs> Sorry. Hard stop. <laughs> First up is a letter from official show intern, the paper keg official show intern, Matt Double H, and the subject of his email. R.I.P. Slim's Family Vacations. Oh, my word. Ah, the old recurring joke that Slim is going to quit the Paper Keg podcast, probably to co-host a new one with Mark Wade or maybe Remender, is a time-honored tradition. Must have hit too close to home when he traveled with Atnaminity to Disney World. Dale apparently decided he had to prove once and for all just how his faltering his grip could be by recording that liquid gold episode with Scotty Young and Jonesy, only to have it disappear like smoke in the wind. In the final analysis, the subsequent two-man podcast was highly entertaining, if only for the view it provided into a family man's resolve when he's pushed to the brink. (laughs) I was on the treadmill when Dale attempted to gather his strength and take the show to the fireside with help from Sticks Come Sail Away. Man, I was getting pumped as the music started building. I was so ready for it to kick into overdrive for the rest of my run when Jonesy started blabbing, assing his vocals all over the epic soundtrack. Dale tried to lay back and give the song space, tried to turn it up a few times, but eventually had to just give up after Jonesy spoke for two minutes solid. That was a wasted musical opportunity there. Still, I had to laugh as I finished the run. Health update, I am starting from 195 pounds versus a target of 165, running three times a week and doing yoga once a week. Ah well, the wheel keeps ah well, ah well, the wheel keeps turning, and I'll be back on the treadmill listening to your next gem in no time. Hope you enjoyed your last vacation, Slim. P.S. Listener lightning round, Orc Stain, incomparable. Or incomparable, depending on your interpretation. That's true, too. That could be it. Incomparable. What do you think about Dale uh, Jonesy talking all over your sticks moment? I, it's funny because I had forgotten about it, but then when Matt Double H brought it up, I definitely remembered him 
singing. And I remember him being definitely at a, some fraction of a second behind where I was, where the song was. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, boy, I, if I didn't want to do a fireside before this. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't think that episode had a fireside. I don't think it did either. It, it didn't ended, have much. It just of ended. One. It yeah, just, just ended after just, that. I was done. It was at that point. It was one thirty in the morning or something. Oh was, my god! <laughs> it was late. It was late, and there was uh, you know, it just didn't wouldn't have topped the Scotty's fireside. So right, we what had like a, a little. Uh, we had like a little interview about uh, I hate Fairyland in there. It was on point. I could have been. I could be there with you interviewing people. Yeah, Jonesy was knocking these questions out of the park. This was going to be your pitch to start doing the interviews with me. It was. I was going to be put that my reel. My reel. <laughs> Jersey too. I mean. Oh, boy. Just the three of us going through town to town interviewing comic creators. But we would have put in Jonesy's highlight reel him singing over my sticks <laughs> outro. And... How about uh, Matt H.H. Uh, targeting a 20-pound loss in his health update? That's amazing. Good luck, Matt H.H. Uh, 30, was it 20 or 30? Oh, you're right. 30, pounds. yeah. I can't even add. Pretty amazing. I I wish you the best of luck, Matt H.H. It's not easy. Trust me. <laughs> uh, next up is our uh, a wonderful letter from King of the Letter Writers. Evening, oh, fellas. Boy. I know it's been a while, so I thought I'd send a hot one in to let you know I'm still here and still catching up on apps. I just finished 208 yesterday, and I gotta see say you. Th- I think you should go back to having just to ha- go back to having just the three original hosts. I'm not. I'm just not sold on the whole guest host episodes. I mean, this Jamesy guy seems kind of sketchy. Like he would decide to just not read the book club one week. <laughs> Or he might just yell out, shove it up your redacted holes. <laughs> Hashtag sketchy. I mentioned before how much I love Secret War so far, and that love has only grown. A really great set of event books. Very intrigued to see this new Marvel U in action. I would like to thank everyone for their kind words for my recent post one year ago. Your kindness and support is beyond heartwarming. Hashtag family. And that's from at... Mm. At Odin Help Melm Trying Nano Rhymofro. Uh, P.S. Congrats on the new baby Jonesy. What happened to the naming him Matt, Matthew Murdoch Jones? That's a good question. That's a great question. I remember and, we had. Nobody a, will be held accountable for that. We had a dinner at the Jones Estates last year, and I think we all were all guessing the baby's name. I thought for sure they were going to go with like some Seamus or, you know, <laughs> some other Irish goofy name. Yeah, like, yeah. Brian Flanagan Jones. Yeah, or Finnegan. Or Finnegan Flanagan Jones. Finnegan Flanagan Seamus Jones. <laughs> I didn't see Owen coming out no. of nowhere. Beautiful name. Again, named, probably named after the great Owen Hart. The mm-hmm. Hart Foundation. Jeez. Rest, God rest his soul. The Rocket. I mean, that's, he was just, that's... That's somebody who is just taking, taken too early from us, mm-hmm. right? Taking from us that? too early. Did we talk about that? Were you watching that pay per view when it happened? No, uh, I was. was I? Were you? Yeah, I watched them all when I was growing up. 
For those that aren't aware, Owen Hart, the brother of Brett, the hitman Hart, was uh, the plan was for him to repel from the ceiling using one of those, like, you know, repel things. I don't know what they call them. Probably sure. using the Indiana Jones stun show. Carabiner? Carabiner. And uh, the, the thing broke, so he fell, I think, like 75% of the way and hit the ring from, like, you know, where the scoreboard is in a hockey rink. And died in the ring, pretty much. And the show went on. And they announced his death on the show later, which was bonkers. Wow. Weird stuff. Wow, I just got kind of chills. I kind of just got chills. Yeah, if you Google, like, Owen Hart... Um, I, I can't... <laughs> no, don't go to that. If you, I think it's the pay-per-view was called Over the Edge, but if you Google, like, Jim Ross, Owen Hart, death, mm. there's a clip on there of, like, Jim Hart... Or uh, Jim Ross announcing Owen Hart's death live on pay-per-view, which is why, why they would ever do that is beyond me. But Bret Hart held a grudge, I think, for the longest time. A lot of people did for Vince not canceling the pay-per-view that night, mm. like right afterward. Or like right when it happened, they should have stopped the show. Yeah, did they, uh, did they like pretend while they were carrying him out like that he was just maybe out of it or something? Um, do you remember? Boy, I don't remember because I don't think... Obviously, that the footage is only really left on like the VHS tapes and like YouTube clips of like mm-hmm. what actually aired. I can't remember because I mean it was really strange. I think they they didn't show it. It wasn't like I don't think they ever aired the fall. They only like came back when there was medics oh, in the ring. Okay. Wow. There you have it. Hmm. Owen Henry Jones. Hank. Henry's got to be from Indiana Jones, right? That's my, that's my guess. Got to be. Yeah. If Jonesy were here, he'd do his Indiana Jones dad impression. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> that's exactly what I was That was saying. me doing Jonesy doing the voice. <laughs> that wasn't my Sean Connery. Got to get your hand up there to uh, kind of like grind your own. Yeah, do the little macho grind. Although if Jonesy would have done the impression so often that the line would be so far gone from the actual quote it would be like right yeah it would be jonesy doing an impression of jonesy of himself (laughs) it'd be like indiana is the dog's name indiana jones the dog (laughs) cue the sticks music (laughs) (laughs) ah blix oh what a show god we miss that guy what a show hour and seven minutes you know we're giving back after last week yeah trying to give back yeah well i do apologize slim i apologize um you know it's just a whole lot of assuming going on (laughs) and i shouldn't have done that this is how we learn is that we all learn people make mistakes you know life's too short to worry about that kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it's all right you got too much cat mucus to clean up to worry about a missing file or a corrupt file or what have you <laughs> right exactly too much cat music mucus <laughs> mucus next week what is next week oh boy big episode next week you ever heard of frank miller dale oh yeah oh i love some frank miller love you ever heard of a book called Oh, wait. 
Hold on. That's are we week. doing? Is it next week? Or are we doing the movie episode next week? Oh, I thought we were doing both next week. Oh, okay. Well, next book club episode. We'll leave this all in. It's fine. We're, it's just fine. making it in. Can't edit musical sections. It's just not possible. <laughs> next week, Frank Miller's Ronin. Ooh, big holiday that's what this show is all about good show that was a good show great show so there's another new Assassin's Creed game out didn't one come out last year or is that like a sports franchise and there's always one out every year yeah they, they it's turned into that in probably the past maybe four or five years it's been a yearly thing hmm. um but this was actually talked about on the the one video game podcast I listened to. But it's kind of wasn't been hasn't been on anybody's radar. Like it's just, I think maybe maybe folks are fatigued by it. Or personally, it's, it hasn't been on my radar because it's not hasn't been like advertised on the web. Because I don't get to watch that much TV, so it hasn't been on TV. All the only thing I see on TV are VW ads. So. <laughs> The only YouTube ad I get anymore is for Lumoid camera shipping or something. I get the same YouTube ad. Really? For all the videos I watch. They got you nailed down, friend. Pretty much the only videos I watch are like Nexus 5X reviews or whatever. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Like, it's all I got. Yeah. It's I'm watching life. everything, you know? I watch everything. Yeah. yeah. I, um,. Finish watching. I mean, look. I know this is a comics podcast. Yeah, you just finished Longmire season four. Oh, as well did I. Uh-huh. And I just feel like I wish we had some sort of venue. Maybe, maybe it's not something that we need to talk about over recording. But when do we talk when we're not recording? You know. Hmm. I tweeted. I tweet stormed my thoughts at the, at the end of season four. You got it I out. Finished there. it on the airplane. And it was good. I, I mean, they can't hit the levels of. Uh, I can't remember what my favorite season one season was. Mm-hmm. Maybe season two was like the high point of the show, when like he reveals to the daughter about his, what happened to his wife. Like those episodes oh, were right. like nutty yeah. stuff. 
uh, I don't know. It, it felt very different than the previous seasons. And I was talked about how Walt felt like a, like we were in on the mystery, which I didn't like. So I didn't like seeing Walt go through stuff mm-hmm. slower than we are. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What'd you think about the deputy, the new deputy, Zach? It, I mean, obviously, it's all, like, when I, back when you asked me, when I first started watching it, I said it was like Veronica Mars. On the, You asked me on Paper Keg, you, like, describe it in one word, I said Veronica Mars. It's, like, very cheesy in that way. So, the deputy is just, like, another, was another example. I was, like, fine, it's a little rushed, like, that they're looking for deputies, and he's, like, very tropey, like, he's the only candidate that, when he wouldn't shoot that bear target. That was goofy. Yeah, like, you know he started, like, laying the groundwork for this is the guy. But then when he started, like, thinking somebody's following him, I'm like, oh, here you go. I'm like, yeah. I was texting Jonesy, I'm like, he's got, oh, he's got a psychosis, good. He's got a psychosis, yeah. Yeah, that felt like out of nowhere. Like, I was kind of sold on him when he won the position, when he had that conversation with Walt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a great but After moment. he finished the book. Right. Yeah. That but was like, cool. The psychosis stuff was out of nowhere. It totally was. And but the my problem with that was they laid the seeds for this dude doing squirrely stuff way before that. They could have added a little something around that time for yes. Zach. Yeah, I agree. But they just didn't, and that one was like weird to me because they. F- I mean, maybe the filming structure for these shows is the same as what they do for TV, or maybe it's not, but I felt like they could have shored up some of this stuff in the filming process or writing process a little bit better. Especially when they're like 55, 53 minutes long. They're not 42 minutes long like on AMC. Some of them were like an hour. Yeah, they're like an hour and five minutes, like like the seventh or eighth episode was. Which was even weirder, like why were some of those episodes longer than the others? Like, do they not want the constraints of a 42 minute episode anymore? Like somewhere yeah. an hour, somewhere 52 minutes. It was like kind of weird. Yeah. Which is, which I like because they take that freedom to do that because they're not constrained by advertisers and stuff like that. But put, I don't know, make, take advantage of it, I guess is what, mm-hmm. and I was, and like speaking like with the new deputy, and the Ferg stuff, it was just, like, really weird. Like, Ferg was kind of shaping was... up to be somebody. Yeah. And then he just turned into this, like, child, inept. Zach, Zach got the job to the new deputy, and Ferg just always made this stink face every scene with Zach. <laughs> like, he did zero things in, in season four. Yeah, he really and and it was cool to see like by the later half of season two, I think Ferg. I thought they were really going to take Ferg to like another level, and he started to go there at the end of season two. And season three, he wasn't bad, but he just wasn't on camera a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I I wanted to look to see if they had the same cinematographer for season four of Longmire, and I wouldn't assume no because I don't remember taking a lot of screenshots of season four as I mm. did for the other seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember I, I took a lot of notice. I mean, I did take notice. I paid attention in season four that there were a lot of beautiful 
yeah. scenes. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, what do you think about Henry's uh, storyline? Hmm. I don't know. That's like really troubling to me. Just because of the, you know, it could put it's going to put him at odds with Walt. But uh huh. I do. I do like that. I like how he's taking up the mantle of Hector. Yeah. I and think I, liked, I really um, feel like it makes him seem like he's really taking a stand for his people. Mm-hmm. You know? I liked, um, who's the reservation uh, cop? What's his name? Oh, Matthias. Matthias. I liked their interaction on, on the bricks or the stones where mm-hmm. he thought it was Henry that was doing it and then Henry like talked his way out of it. And he's like, but I yeah. just say, if someone wants to take out those two guys, then I wouldn't. <laughs> right, I'd be exactly. Really happy about it. I thought that was an awesome scene. And when Matthias did the thing in the last episode, I thought that he was just gonna like, you know, wash his hands clean of like finding the car, and then just mm-hmm. let Henry take off into the sunset. And I don't know why they didn't do that. I because exactly I mean, Henry, this that Henry too. story has happened literally ten episodes ago already of him in handcuffs yeah i i i thought the exact same thing like because because i mean you can't never you can't ever tell with matthias's face is he like being a smart a or is he just smiling Mm -hmm. but he's like leaning outside of henry's like window in this truck it's like it's almost like here i brought you your truck you know and you know thank you for you know upholding justice where justice can't be served or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I mean, cause like when Matthias reveals that he can only look into Mr. Meaners and stuff like that in episode nine or 10, oh, like how yeah. frustrating is that? You can't even be a real cop. The, um, maybe it'll, maybe it's just a goofy cliffhanger and maybe the series, like the season will open weeks later and Matthias and Henry have this agreement mm-hmm. that he's like, you owe me now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. What do you That's think true. about um, um, what's his face, the uh, casino owner, mm, Jacob Nighthorse? Nighthorse. What do you think about Nighthorse this season and at the end? At the end, I liked it more only because it felt like it felt like he was kind of coming back to where he was in season one. Like I, I always thought Jacob Nighthorse would be on the show, but he wouldn't turn into the psycho, underhanded, like back dealing kind of guy. I thought he would be like, yeah, yeah, he's building a casino and he's got those business interests in mind. But I always thought he would be like, I, I, they really made him out to be in season one as to be a spokesman for the Indian population. Mm-hmm. And he just turned off to be this like dark and twisted and underhanded guy that, and he really like went off the ledge at the end of season three and the beginning of season four. So I like where the, he kind of ended up at the end of season four. Now, un, like unfortunately, it seems weird how it was written because he went from one extreme to the other. But I feel like maybe they had to do that because it was just getting too out of hand. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, the... I mean, I like I like Night Horse. I think the actor is really great. Mm-hmm. And, I, and going through my rewatch, it was weird seeing Night Horse in, like, 
a black gap t-shirt and jeans in the flashbacks of him and the, uh, the one Indian staging his own death. Cause he's always wearing suits and stuff. It was just weird. Seeing <laughs> yeah, a yeah. different outfit. But, uh, I liked that scene. I liked, I liked his bit at the end of the season, but you're right. It is weird having him in this spot compared to where he was. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that like, he's a good guy now but he's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing still. Yeah, exactly. And you and it's just it was just weird because and I it's it's weird, but I get why the writers are like probably writing him to be surprised by Malachi's actions. Like you knew. That's why you hired Malachi. Like to me at the end of season 3 and season 4, like that's why you hired Malachi. Because you're all in this brotherhood, this brotherhood mm-hmm. that's beating up Henry in jail. Like it's obvious that he, they were all in on it. So it it seemed stark and staggering that he's surprised. He tells Katie he's surprised by Malachi's actions of falling back yeah, into right. yeah. crime and stuff. But I, I like how it's you know it's shaping shaping Night Horse for the future, like to be more of like have, having Indian best interests you know the um i mean the the end the the last episode felt like it was way rushed as well like the the bits at the end where it like cut up all these different scenarios happening at the same time Mm -hmm. and i don't don't know how i felt about that that felt like way too fast that was like it reminds me of like the last episode or two of like game of thrones Mm. where they're just throwing all kinds of these scenes to t- tie up all these ancillary storylines together to give them some sort of finality. But it was weird. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm guess I'm glad that there's another, I, I am glad that there's another season, but I just don't like where they are. I feel like Vic and Walt. I don't like how where they left that and all that. Where where do you want uh, Vic and Walt? Because my opinion of that has changed. I think over the course of the show. I don't. I I was like in the first episode they showed her like you know putting makeup on, yeah, getting the six pack and going to see Walt. And I was like, all right, they're going with it. And then Walt is just kind of a jerk. And mm-hmm. then yeah. Vic goes through like you know what she goes through and then you feel bad for her at the end because the one dude the Mm -hmm. other deputy and it feels i thought like at that point they were gonna like halfway through the season i thought that was just done like that storyline was dropped vic and walt Mm -hmm. and now it's it seems like it's not at all like they're still making it a thing which i'm actually excited for I, i i feel like i wouldn't mind vic and walt at odds I mean, no, I like because though they they keep making it seem like there's a sexual tension there, but it's mm. like they don't really make it seem like Walt has it at all. It's all on like Vic's side, yeah. Which I get because the the doctor, like I don't know if anyone's even still listening to this because this is like some of the lamest <laughs> yeah. stuff we've ever talked about. You can cut this but out if doc- you want. I don't like the doctor that much. Like I get, she's like an older woman, and I guess that's like what he goes for. Um, I don't know. Just the Vic stuff. Just like, let's just see what happens. Maybe I don't know. Okay, I I still yeah. feel like they need like if they're not going to resolve it and end it, then they need to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, I agree. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't want this weirdness there. And it's mm-hmm. because like Walt is kind of a jerky jerk. And yeah. I don't, I didn't like that, but I mean, he's just trying to be the professional boss that he is, I guess. But he just like, it just, I don't know. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't tell anybody anything. He doesn't express himself. Yeah. And when and when um, like she asked him, like Vic asked him if he had like a date or something. He's like, I don't believe that's any of your business or something. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and then she gets dirt kicked in her face by Avon. Yeah, that guy. Oh man, I don't know. Like, if I was Avon, I'd be like, yeah, kind of. We're kind of in a relationship, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, even was kind of a dirtbag. I didn't like that guy from the beginning. I thought he was too squirrely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Vic has needs, and those needs were met at least one night. Absolutely. Good for her. Good for but... Vic. Anyway. I don't know. We're well, sorry, well, they Paper have, they, have a new, they have a new season. It was signed for another season, but I hope they, they pull back on the, the, the detectiveness. Like mm-hmm. the one episode that I felt like it was most prominent was the guys that were pulled over and shot and killed were the cripple guy, the guy that was like he couldn't walk. Oh uh, yeah, I felt like I solved that one in the first two seconds. Oh uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> that one like because he he said something to to Walt that was like um really obvious that he did it. And I was like, man, that's like the whole the whole episode. I know what's going to happen now. And like, I feel like there needs to be less episodes of that and less of us knowing what happened mm-hmm. just by them being part of the story. Like, we're in on it. I don't like that stuff. Yeah, it's just not. It's no fun going for that ride. Then, just, then you just you're just questioning Walt's talents. You're questioning their all all their talents. Yeah, remember the episode where the husband and father was found in the barn, shot in the back. And like he had to figure that out. I was, that mm-hmm. episode was great. Remember, like the old guy did it, and then Walt like told him he was gonna make it an unsolved case or whatever. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that was that was so feel good, and it, and you didn't find out until like the last two minutes of the show. Yeah, that was a good one. Those yeah. are good. Those are good. Walt Longmire. I'm telling you, like Matt, I'm telling. If you don't. There's so far there hasn't been any spoilers TV show book spoilers but the books are they're so good you got to listen to the audiobooks you got to listen to the first audiobook like Walt and Henry's relationship is just like gives me tingles now thinking about like their friendship and how mm-hmm. like you you just I just want to be you know they, I just want to emulate their you I don't know their friendship like they're so good they're so good how did walt not figure out henry hector at the end of that season it was right in his face like three times (laughs) i mean it was right there when he finds out he's gonna be so pissed Mm -hmm. yeah he really is gonna be pissed off (laughs) Hmm. ronan next episode yeah i can't wait for that it's gonna be a long read be amazing i can't wait for it that's one that's not just volume one that's the whole thing right yeah it's 20 bucks it's like 250 pages i think Mm. pricey only for payday (laughs) 
put on put out another loan. Yeah, I have to. Quick service loans, car title loan, whatever. See if you can market that mucus into some kind of product. <laughs> <laughs> Just take my VW to a junkyard and <laughs> take whatever they give me for it.